Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. If you take a chunk of that and put it on the Jets. Sopranos, right? That's Tony Soprano and... um... When they had, uh, and eventually in that season, they had Mangenius on, right? Wasn't he in one of them where Tony stops by the table, right? Mangenius. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, Saturday Am Suckage. Yeah? Yeah? Oh, okay. There I am. Yeah? Okay. All right. All right. Yeah? Bears. Everything okay? Bears? No, no, I'm fine. I just feel like I, I just, for some reason, I felt like I wasn't being heard. Are you now? <laughs> you tell me. Yes. I can hear <laughs> okay. you. Right. And I want to know, do you want to cash in during the pro football playoffs? Try out giving props a free-to-play contest on BetQL.com. Every round of the playoffs, we'll post 10 props. Simply create an account, make your picks for a chance to win two grand in weekly winnings. Plus, just by signing up, you're entered into a random grand prize drawing for 10 large. That's how gamblers say it. Yep. 10 large. Get started today at betql.com slash props. That's betql.com slash props. Here's a couple of the props. Tom Brady over and under 20, 294 and a half passing yards. Travis Kelsey over under 87 and a half receiving yards. So that's part of this wild card weekend. And it is wild card weekend. You will hear it on the score starting at 3.30 today. 3 o'clock today, coverage starts. We're on till 2. They need an hour to fumigate the suckage out of the airwaves, and then they'll bring you NFL Wild Card Weekend, starting with Raiders at Bengals. So, what? Which way do you go with all this? Who do you like? Who don't you like? Let's ask Ryan Horvat of BetMGM. He uh, he hosts a regular show, BetMGM tonight, Monday through Friday, from seven to eleven. That's Eastern Time, so six to ten uh, Central Time. And he's powered by BetQL, the MLB podcast, by, powered by BetQL with Cody Decker every Monday and Thursday on Odyssey Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at, at Ryan Horvat. He's on the Scores Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Ryan, thanks for coming back on the airwaves with us. We appreciate that on this busy, busy weekend. Hey, thanks so much for having me, you guys, and a uh, great call. I remember when uh, Tony Soprano met Eric uh, Mangini. He's eating dinner at uh, Artie's Restaurant, I think, and he sees him there, and he calls him the man genius. I forgot about that. That was a great cameo. Yeah. Wow, I forgot all about that guy. Right. <laughs> yeah, that is Tony Soprano. Good call. The, um, so the question is, 
Who is the – give us the odds that you have on betmgm.com if you have odds on Bears GMs, Bears coaches, likelihood, long shots, things like that. Yeah, so that's that's really uh, – I love this time of year because we get Black Monday and then you can bet on these type of things. And so <laughs> I know the overwhelming favorite at first was Brian Flores, and I think uh, that would make you know most people happy. And then there were some interesting names out there. Uh, so we pull it up. They actually pulled it off the specials right now. But, you know, you had Jim Harbaugh on there. I think that was a really popular pick. Um, also, you had uh, a couple different guys on there. A couple of these guys, these coordinators with the Green Bay Packers who are pretty interesting. But I think the overwhelming favorite was Brian Flores. And then all of a sudden, uh, you had Doug Peterson, who was like 5-1, to 7-1, to one, you know, on different books. So I think after he got the interview that, you know, that that was a popular pick as well. So I think it's between Flores and uh, him right now as far as the betting favorites. But I know a lot of people were joking with me uh, that they wanted to take a shot with Jim Harbaugh. But I got to be honest, I, I don't think Harbaugh is leaving Michigan. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's, yeah, that's the big question. I mean, I, I keep saying, Ryan, that he, it's very possible he stays there, but that you can kind of connect some dots too to a guy who has hit, as I call it, the SEC wall to where <laughs> you can get to a certain point in right. other conferences and then you hit this wall like they did with Georgia, like Brian Kelly did at Notre Dame. He was like, you know what? This has been great, but I got a chance to go to the SEC. Jim Harbaugh might have a chance to go to the NFL. But what makes you think that he – what's your insight that he's going to stay at uh, Michigan, or your opinion, I should say? So the only thing with Harbaugh is, like – you know, obviously in San Francisco, the first couple of years, he was great. I mean, he was great with Kaepernick. He was he had a good year with Alex Smith even. I just, I'm not saying the games passed him by. I, just, I think, like, if you look at these NFL offenses, like, I, I think you'd have to have a really good offensive coordinator because even in Michigan, like, you know, this year, this, this, is, this is the most relevant they've been in years. I mean, they finally beat Ohio State, and that was because he kind of, like, accepted the youth movement and hired some younger coordinators. I mean, you know, watching some of those, like, formations on the goal line where he would, like, stack everybody up in, like, a single-file line, I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like you probably saw what happened to Urban Meyer. And I'm not, like, comparing, you know, because Jim Harbaugh's had success at the NFL level where Urban Meyer never had any experience and then just became a head coach, and that was a disaster from day one. I just feel like, you know, right now he finally is able to – recruit a little bit in the Midwest. And I completely agree. Like, I think he's went as far as he's going to go, especially like now it isn't even just the SEC because Lincoln Riley is at USC. He's going to be stealing a lot of those recruits. He already has started to. So like, I think they're going to be relevant by next year. You know what I mean? So I completely agree. I just feel like he's very comfortable. He's making a bunch of money and like uh-huh. he has pressure obviously, but he doesn't have too much pressure, right? Like, he doesn't want to be like urban and canned within a year and mm-hmm. just a disaster. But you know what? What do I know, man? Like who knows? He'll probably have, you know, he'll probably be the next head coach of the bears for all I know. <laughs> what are the odds on you? you know? <laughs> uh, I think Harbaugh was like 14 to one. Like I think he was 25 to one at one point, but those things were bouncing all over the place. Um, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't see Jim Harbaugh going back to the NFL. Right, what, what about what about um, this uh, Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator with the Packers? You obviously are working in Milwaukee. Is there any reason we should look at him and say that he's anything more than a student of Aaron Rodgers? 
So I really like Nathaniel Hackett, and Aaron Rodgers really likes Nathaniel Hackett, so he gets the ringing endorsement from Rodgers. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't like too many people. Like, you know, he doesn't even like his own family. So if Aaron Rodgers is giving you endorsement, you know, like the thing with the uh, whole staff, though, is they the only thing that would scare me a little bit, but you could say the same thing about a lot of these guys, is he doesn't call the plays because Matt LaFleur calls the plays. You know what I'm saying? So he's the offensive coordinator. He's in all the meetings. But LaFleur is the one calling the plays on game day. So that's the only thing that would concern me a little bit. Uh, But he is in all the meetings. And they kind of, like, put together the whole game plan all together. I really like that whole staff, man. Their offensive line coach, Adam Stenovich, I think he's going to be a head coach in, like, three to five years. So I just feel like LaFleur's tree is going to be, like, the next, you know, like the new, like, Shanahan tree and McVay tree, where it's all these young guys. You know, they're putting up a bunch of points. The only thing is, you know, if you pluck some of these guys away, they don't have Aaron Rodgers. You know, they have these young quarterbacks, like a Justin Fields to work with. And it's like, right. then you find out how good they are. You know what I mean? Like, you could yep. say the same thing about Zach Taylor. I still don't know how good Zach Taylor is, you guys. Like, he has all these weapons in Cincinnati. But, like, sometimes he's kind of a disaster. Like, he almost got Joe Burrow killed when he could have just kicked the field goal. Like, I don't even know how healthy Joe Burrow is today. They could have just kicked the field goal to beat the Chiefs. He had him throwing a fourth down goal line fade and got him injured again. So, how good is he? I'm not quite sure. I think he's a really good at, uh, you know, his coordinator job. We'll see if he's a head coach, though. We're talking with Ryan Horvat of BetMGM, and we're talking on the uh, the afternoon of the NFL Wild Card Wild Super Duper Grand Deluxe Wild Card Weekend that you'll hear on the score. The uh, Bengals and Raiders kick it off, as Ryan just said, so you'll hear coverage on the score beginning at 3. Uh, it'll take an hour to fumigate the score suckage airwaves, and then we'll get to NFL football. So today... Today's games are the Raiders and Bengals and the Bills hosting the evil, dreaded menace from New England. And the, the, the Satan will bring his team up to Buffalo where it's really cold. So two things. The, you talked about the, the way the Raiders, the Raiders have had a wild season and they, they keep winning you know, they, they just keep winning close games, however it is. They're winning close games in the last month on, with a special teams coach as their interim coach. They rebounded after. See, when you lose to the Bears, you have to fire your coach. That's what happened with John Gruden and the Raiders. So the Raiders-Bengals game handicapped that for us. And then we'll get to the fact that Buffalo's quarterback playing in six-degree temperature or whatever, the wind chill <laughs> minus this, he is not good. And Not here's Bill Belichick going back up there. We're going to run the ball. So what? You can't stop us. <laughs> neener, neener, yeah. neener. So let's talk about the first game today, Ryan, and then we'll do the second. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to watch this first game, actually. You know, and a lot of people, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really want to see this matchup because I wanted the Chargers to get in. I think most people did because, I mean, this is the hardest game to handicap because you have two head coaches that have never coached in the playoff game, Zach Taylor and then, obviously, John Gruden's gone. You have two quarterbacks that have never played in a playoff game because Derek Carr, the Raiders have been to the playoffs, but the year that he took them to the playoffs, he got injured, and Connor Cook out of Michigan State had to start that game. So, you know, I usually like to fade quarterbacks that are making their first playoff start, but in this case, you have two new coaches and two new quarterbacks. And the thing about Joe Burrow is, like, the reason I like him so much is, you know, he plays with this, type of swag like this level of confidence and we've seen that since that year he had at LSU you know where he broke pretty much every record he's always had a bunch of weapons but there's something about him now he's also kind of reckless he takes way too many hits he's got a terrible offensive line 
but he also takes a lot of hits because he holds the ball too long. These two teams met, you know, back on November 21st. And if you look at the box score, it looks like a blowout because the Bengals won that game 32 to 13. But that's because they outscored the Raiders 19 to 7 in the fourth quarter when uh, Derek Carr threw a bunch of picks. So it's kind of misleading. You know, there are zero explosive passes in that game um, from Joe Burrow. It was just a lot of Joe Mixon running the ball. The reason I actually played the Raiders when this opened up plus six and a half, I just feel like, you know, they've really been playing playoff games for the last month. Um, a lot of momentum, everything they've had to deal with. And if you look at the matchups, Max Crosby is probably the best edge rusher in the league. He's going today against Isaiah Prince, who is a six-round pick out of Ohio State. So I think Joe Burrow is going to get hit a lot. You know, the Raiders, they don't really have to blitz. And the thing about Joe Burrow is he's really good top five quarterback in the league against the blitz but he's bottom half of the league against natural pressure. And that's what the Raiders do. And then they just drop a bunch of guys back out in coverage. So I took the Raiders. I think they're going to keep it close. I kind of want to see the Bengals win this game. But uh, I do think that, you know, this is a field goal game. I think six and a half points is just too inflated of a number. I'd still play it at five and a half or five. Uh, Another prop I really like. I'm going to play um, in this one, Tyler Boyd. His receiving yards is only 40 and a half. He destroyed the Raiders, had over six receptions in that last game. And not a lot of people are talking about this, but the Bengals are dealing with a bunch of injuries. I'm worried about Joe Burrow, but also T. Higgins is pretty beat up right now. So I think that uh, today Boyd's going to be the main guy in the slot. So I'd play his props if you're a prop better. And uh, I think the Raiders are the pick here. I, I All right. Got a, I, I got a question. I got to follow this up. Is it, yeah. are, you allowed, are you allowed to have a playoff game with two teams that Matt Nagy beat this year? <laughs> right? I know. Exactly. And remember, you know what the funny thing is? Remember how bad the Bengals looked in that game? Like, Joe Burrow threw back-to-back-to-back picks. I think that was the first time in NFL history that's happened or something like that. Yeah, he picked, for the, Raiders, the, picked for the cycle. <laughs> like, the Raiders. Here's another thing, too. Like, you know what? Here's another thing I will say if you are betting the Raiders that scares me. Derek Carr, California kid, played college football at Fresno State. I just checked this. 35 degrees or less. He's played five games in his career, and he's never won one or covered the spread. He's 0-5. So that's a little concerning. Um, you know, that and that they got beat by the Bears, and they don't have a real head coach, and their best wide receiver is in prison. Uh, but still, man, this team oh, finds wow. ways to win. I mean, I, I'm just stating facts here. Yeah, you, know? you I are. Yeah. You know? I mean, Hunter Renfro is their best wide receiver. He looks like – like, tell me, like, if you ran into Hunter Renfro at your local uh, Jewel Osco, you would not know he's an NFL player. Like, he looks like just the regular guy across the street. No, you would ask him if they have, uh, where, where would they have the oil and the vinegar? Are they in the same aisle? That's what you would ask him. <laughs> I'd go with the spicy Italian sausage. I miss those, you guys. I'm out in uh, Washington, D.C. now. You know that they don't have Italian beef in Washington, D.C.? What? How could they? Yeah, they even, don't have Italian beef. How could they even apply for statehood without that? Wow. Same question I asked. Well, same question I asked well, when I moved here. We'll we'll send you uh, a box, Ryan, or two. Yeah, we do need to send them. That the taste of Chicago, where you have like the Portillos and the Malnatis and and Garrett's and all those people. No Italian beef in DC. Ugh. Ugh. Um, gents, a little bit of uh, breaking bulls news here, if I may, just oh. interject before we get back to the heavy oh, yeah. duty gambling. Um, Zach Levine's MRI is done. This, is according to Casey Johnson of. NBC Sports Chicago. Initial read is that it showed no structural damage, per sources. As reported last night, Levine 
has been playing through knee soreness the last couple of weeks. It has flared up occasionally ever since his ACL injury. Um, team slash Levine still discussing timeline. So it doesn't mean that he's not going to miss three or four weeks, but it also appears to mean that he won't miss the rest of the season, which would have been the nightmare scenario. That's great news. That is excellent. Yeah. That's the best, best you could hope for after the team gave up their Another 138 points. <laughs> and, and now, I, I bet on them last night. I bet on them really? last night. Here's why the, do we have you I, on, I, Ryan? Why do we have <laughs> you on? Hear me, hear me out really quick. This is the full – Please. All right, so, so I was so excited about this damn team. This is probably the first time I've been excited the last decade, right? And I, I still think they could win a playoff series, which that was – I thought should, be, should have been the goal going into the season. You know, I kept telling that to Rick Camp because he was like, I think they're a playing team. And I said, I think they could get, you know, as high as the five seed. Then they overexceed my expectations. Then I start really buying in. You know, DeMar DeRozan is so damn good. The only thing that concerns me, let's say they play a playoff series against the Bucs or the Nets. Giannis or Kevin Durant will average 45 points. They don't have anybody that can stop either of those guys. Like, unless Patrick Williams magically comes back or – you know, they make a trade here. Like, I was so disappointed these last two games. I feel like anytime they're on national TV, it's just this huge, big disappointment. And then I get all these text messages. But that's what scares me about this team. I don't, I don't think that they can defend guys like Giannis or Durant yet. You don't really have to. You, you can let the big guy get their point, their points and take away everything else. And that's the way that, – that's what Phil always feared that the, the opponents would try to do – that they would let Michael get whatever he wants, and he would tire himself out. Nobody else, everybody would stand around. And then when Michael finally needed somebody else, they'd be so bored and out of sync and whatever. <laughs> that's that's one way to approach it. Is that's fine, Giannis, get your points here. Here's forty five. Nobody's getting anything else, and that is a way to that that is a way to defend a superstar when you don't have anything close to that, which they really don't on both ends of the court. So. This is true, and yeah, and Giannis doesn't have Kukoc, you know. Uh, no, nobody. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, doesn't. And uh, but yeah, you know, the games this week were were mm-hmm. were interesting. And I don't know how you what what went into betting the Bulls that you bet the Bulls. You liked them last night. Is it? Do you bet off the well? We got pantsed at home theory, and we're not going to let it happen again. And the Warriors are coming off a of back-to-back where the Bucks just pantsed. And what went into betting them before you were proven to be wrong, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, I've actually had a really good year in the NBA. That one was, okay, you had the Warriors on the second night of a back-to-back. Clay Thompson just came back and gave him a bunch of momentum. But uh, he got a, like, so he was not playing, obviously, the second night of a back-to-back. And he left that game early the night before. They have no Draymond Green, who's, Really, I mean, even though he's, you know, the three, the small forward, he runs the offense. Like, Steph really plays off the ball. That's how they free him up for so many shots. So I figured, you know, with Steph just running the show by himself, they would put Lonzo on him to shut him down. And Steph, Steph didn't even have a very good game. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that's, that was my handicap on that one. I thought they were going to keep it close against the Nets uh, until I found out Kyrie and Harden were both available just because national TV getting that boost. I feel like teams like the Bulls, like they get up for these regular season type games where teams like the Nets or teams like the Bucks, they're always using load management. Like they don't care if they're the one seed or the five seed, to be honest. They just want to get to the playoffs healthy. I feel like the Bulls, like out the out west right now, a team that's really fun is the Grizzlies. I like watching teams like that because they actually compete every single night rather than like 
you know, watching the Nets and wondering, is Kyrie going to want to play tonight? Is Durant even going to be out there? That's the problem with the NBA right now. Ryan, love talking football with you when we venture into the NBA. So we're all over the board, as one does when one <laughs> gambles. Thanks for your time. We appreciate it today. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good night. All right. That's Ryan right. Horvat of BetMGM. Hosts a nightly show Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 uh, Central Time. So we are Saturday Suckage. We're going to take a break. Uh, and when we take the break, when we come back from it, Mark, we're going to talk to somebody that um, we've wanted to talk to for a while. If Al Davis was known as the Prince of Darkness, the Raiders, the Raiders founder, chief, the brain, the soul, whatever. If he was the Prince of Darkness, we're going to talk to the Princess of Darkness. That's one of the names Amy Trask was known as. She's written a book called You Negotiate Like a Girl. She uh, was the former CEO of the Raiders. And what did she would know? She was in that organization. She would know what people around the NFL think of Bulls ownership with the way the Bulls. Bears. 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 Oh, my God. The way we were just talking Bulls. The way the Bears Bears conduct business. Bears ownership? Are they suckers? You know, it's it's the the rounders thing. If you look, here's the thing: if you can't spot the sucker at the table in the first half hour, you are the sucker. We'll see if the Bears are the suckers that we think they are locally. Saturday suckage. We will take a break. Come back with Amy Trask, CBS, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache, he growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Normally, we let the guests pick their own walk-up music. We picked that for our next guest, Amy Trask, CBS Sports. Also the author of You Negotiate Like a Girl, Reflections on a Career in the National Football League, which you can find on both Amazon and Barnes & Noble's website. She's chairman of the board of the Big Three, which means she can get you Ice Cube's autograph a member of the L.A. Sports and Entertainment Commission Board, and she's the former CEO of the Raiders, which is why we did that. We played the voice of God reciting that. She was the former CEO of the Raiders from 1997 to 2013. I'm, I've am i so wanted to have her on our show. Welcome to Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score, Amy. Well, thank you very, very much for having me, and it is probably – in your best interest, actually not probably, in your best interest that you picked the walk-up song. Because speaking of Cube, I would have picked Gangsta Gangsta, and that could have gotten you in trouble with the FCC. So good job on this. <laughs> well, guess what? We'll have dur- during this segment, Amy, we'll have our producer, Cesar Perez, bleep out what needs to be bleeped out, and you'll have exit <laughs> music. You'll get exit music on this show. Wowee. I mean, this is just, it's, you know, it's a good day. Oh, you've landed. You, you, you have landed, <laughs> Amy. Yes. So the, 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 you negotiate like a girl, reflections of a career in the National Football League. 
of the when when somebody recites your title to you, Amy Trask, what's the snapshot? What's the the, the greatest reflection? The two greatest reflections? The two greatest lessons? The messages? What are the memories? What are the snapshots in your oh. head? Wow, what a great question. I was with the Raiders for almost 30 years, a lifetime of of memories. It was the opportunity of a lifetime. And, you know, one thing I will note is uh, there'll be people listening to your show that love the Raiders, that hate the Raiders, that loved Al Davis, that couldn't stand Al Davis. But Al Davis did what we hope everybody in business would do. He hired without regard to race gender, ethnicity, or any other individuality, which has no bearing on whether one can do a job. So whether you loved him or you didn't like him at all, I think we can all agree that he did something that all businesses should do. And the reason I raise that is I owe my career to the fact that he hired in that manner and he afforded me the opportunity of a lifetime. And, and Amy, there, there's two things that really stand out to me about the way you have gone about your business. It sounds to me like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you were the least uncomfortable of everybody with the fact that you are a woman doing a job that has been all men, predominantly men. And that, and the other thing that I love that you said that this will actually be a big deal, women getting into important positions in sports when it's no longer a novelty act. Are we at all closer to getting to that point? Well, you know, I hope so. And it certainly looks like we're headed in a good direction. Look, when I started my career in the National Football League, which for you kids today was about 100 million years ago, I started with the league. It was in the early part of the mid-80s, and I was the only woman in the room. I walked into my first league owners meeting, and that was it. I was the only woman in that meeting. Now, there has been progress since then, but you stated it perfectly in the way I love to state it. People ask me all the time when a woman is hired or advanced, am I excited? And the answer is sure. But what is really going to excite me is when such things are no longer novelties, when everyone hires the way Al did without regard to race, gender, et cetera. That's what's going to be really exciting. And as to me not caring about the fact that I was a woman in the room, I didn't waste my time thinking about that, sort of for two, a couple reasons. Number one, it doesn't make sense to me that if I walk into a room and I don't want anyone thinking about the fact that I'm a woman, that I should be thinking about the fact that I'm a woman. Number two, didn't bug me that I was a woman. So if you want to waste your time thinking about it, go ahead and waste your time. Advantage me, because I'm not spending any time thinking about that. Gave you an advantage, actually. One less distraction. There you go. And so I, I, as far as uh, declaring sides, I grew up a Raider fan, going back to Daryl LaMonica and Warren Wells. And my friends hated wow. my friends hated me for those dirty cheating. And I said, look, <laughs> if you don't want Ben Davidson spearing Len Dawson, then block Ben Davidson. And uh, yeah, block Ben Davidson. And I also had the chance to living around here out in Arlington Heights, living in the area is Ted Hendricks. And the Mad Stork was one of my favorite players. And I did not realize what a tremendous he's football royalty. So wherever the Raiders were, wherever they went, I was I have long been that kind of fan and the the swashbuckling nature with which they played as you're talking about Al Davis went about 
constructing his football office. It was all about just win on the field, whether you're in uniform or not. We have not witnessed that around here in Chicago. What is the outside, what is is around the NFL, Amy Trask, former CEO of the Raiders, who has seen it and has had to deal with it in various arenas between trading coaches and acquiring players and choosing quarterbacks and choosing coaches and GMs and people to run a program. What is the NFL view of Bears ownership, the way they're running their business, and their chances of success? Well, before I dive into that, I just want to make note of one person you referenced, which is Ted Hendricks, because I would be remiss if I didn't share with your listeners that not only um, was Ted tremendous, magnificent, and dominating on the field, he is a tremendous, tremendous, magnificent human being off the field. And I am so fortunate to have gotten to interact with Ted over the years throughout my career, watching games with him, speaking with him, just a magnificent man. In fact, now that I think about it, I think I'm going to nominate him for some sort of elected office. And he may want to kill me for that, but he'd be a tremendous leader. As to your question about the Bears, um, look, that the Bears, too, are a storied story storied franchise and I was just uh, going back and forth a little bit with people about a video the Bears put out I'm sure you all remember it your listeners remember it from many many years ago from the POW MIA headband to the Pete Rozelle headband (laughs) I mean the Bears and by the way I love that I love that and I remember I was at a um, party watching that game uh, and and he's wearing the POW MIA headband and Mm. a woman at the party says What's a Palmia? And I look at her like, are you kidding me? That's Don't P-O-W-M-I-A. set us back. M-I-A. Right. It's not Palmia. It's P-O-W-M-I-A. And then being a Raider, I loved when he got in trouble for those headbands, trolling the commissioner by wearing a headband that said Roselle. That just enamored me for life. And my point in sharing that is the Bears are a tremendous part of the National Football League, just a storied, storied franchise. And they have had trouble getting a few things right of late. And I, they've, they've made some changes. I don't need to tell you about the changes. And now they're entering the search. And, you know, the one thing I would hope for what the Bears look for is people who are going to do what I think is the most important in business. Communicate, collaborate cooperate and coordinate. We all hear about, well, you want to bring in a GM and a head coach that work well together. Well, everyone in a business should work well together. And as to businesses where people say, well, I don't think the head coach and the GM can get along. You know what? It's their job to get along. They don't need to be best friends, but they need to do their best for the organization. I think very, very, very highly of Ted Phillips. I am confident that Ted will collaborate with anyone that's brought in, notwithstanding that his attention now is uh, going to be, as I understand it, primarily on stadium issues. Amy, one of the criticisms of the Bears front office has been over the last you know, couple of decades and really has come into focus over the last three years, the, the suggestions that the Bears need an extra football voice where you have GM and head coach, with the, which, which the Bears structure has been for a while, but many believe there should be a, a CEO, a head honcho football czar in the room. Does that make sense to you? Should there be extra voices or is a minimal approach just as effective? 
I don't think it, well, okay, you said just as effective, so you sort of answered the question for me or answered it in the manner I will answer it, which is, first of all, I'm not a fan of titles. So, you know, people say, well, they need a CEO of this, a president of this, a czar of this. No, they need people who are going to work together. I don't think the specific structure as to bringing someone else in will necessarily help. I don't believe it will necessarily hurt. What I do believe is you want to have an environment in which people feel absolutely welcome, in fact, encouraged to disagree with one another, to share differing opinions, and then to work through those differences to come up with the best answer possible. So do I think you need one person in charge who's going to say, you know, you use the czar example, so I'll use a Russian example of Khrushchev slamming his hand on the table saying, yet, yet, yet. And kids, Google that. It was a big (laughs) moment in history. Um, Do I think you need that person? No, I think you need an organization full of smart, hardworking people who are going to collaborate with one another and feel welcome to express disagreement, understanding, of course, that once a decision is made, that is the decision of the organization, and you all work together to make it into the best decision it can be. If the, you know, I have zero tolerance for people who, when a decision with which they disagree is made, run around whispering, well, I don't like this decision. I don't like this decision. You know what? It's the decision of the organization. You all had input. Now make it work. Our guest is Amy Trask. She's the author of the book, You Negotiate Like a Girl, Reflections on a Career in the National Football League. She's chairman of the board of the Big Three, and she is on CBS TV, former CEO of the Raiders. Amy, you were worried about using words from gangsta gangsta, but around here, (laughs) when you say collaborate, that's a naughty word for Bears fans because that was the lame reason that Ted Phillips and George McCaskey gave for bringing Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace back last year, treasuring a six-game losing streak because they managed to make get the mercy spot in the playoffs. Collaborate was the word that was going to make everything better. But I think one of the subtext of that, the way you were describing it for me, that cuts against the Bears, the McCaskey mentality, and I don't know how vital you think it is, the the willingness to be uncomfortable in discussions, in decisions, or even in the hallways. The McCaskies don't seem to like discomfort at all. They would prefer altar boys. They don't seem to want voices raised, and yet the team of rivals mentality seems to be demanded in an NFL in, in NFL headquarters. Right? Wrong? No? How do you feel about that? You know, different organizations have different approaches. Different team ownership have different approaches, different environments they like. I don't know that you necessarily need one certain type of environment to win, but I do know that you want an organization full of people who are willing to express, encouraged to express differing opinions. Now, the McCaskies may want them to express differing opinions in a polite manner. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing agreeably. But if you have an organization where people don't feel welcome and encouraged, to express differing opinions, I think that's a big problem. Look, one of the biggest misconceptions about Al Davis, I think perhaps the biggest misconception, is that he wouldn't harbor disagreement. He wouldn't tolerate disagreement, that he wouldn't tolerate those who disagreed with him. If that were the case, I would have been fired roughly two weeks into my job. Because he walked into an office, he walked into an office where I was sitting with a colleague. He ripped into this guy like I can only imagine a velociraptor ripping into flesh. 
And, you know, after listening to him for a while, me, little me, a two week, you know, two weeks of tenure, I said, excuse me, you're wrong. And his, I will never forget the look on his face when his head spun around and looked at me. He was like Linda Blair from The Exorcist, only without the <laughs> green stuff. And I said, look, and, and I, you know, I have a very loud voice under any circumstances. And I said, look, if the facts on which you were basing your conclusion were accurate, it would be a fair conclusion. But you're basing your conclusion on inaccurate data, inaccurate information. And we went on to have a knockdown, drag out fight, not literally knockdown, of course, uh, to the point where people in the organization gathered in the hallway and one woman brought boxes because she thought that would be it. Two weeks and you're out. <laughs> well, we went on for the next almost 30 years. I disagreed with Al more than I agreed with him. But at the end of the day, when he made a decision, I understood he owned the business and it was my job to make his decision into the best it could be. That's the type of environment I think one should want. Now, if the McCaskies don't want people screaming at each other, okay, you can disagree without yelling, but you got to encourage disagreement because a business full of yes people isn't likely to succeed. I have a, a broadcasting question that I want to ask you before we get out of here, but I, I do want to follow up on, on the Raiders and kind of in a convoluted way as we zero in on a potential new head coach for the Bears. A very popular name for the Bears as, as head coach is Jim Harbaugh. And Harbaugh, I don't know if Harbaugh leaked it, but there was there was a leak that said if Jim Harbaugh was to come to the NFL, the Raiders and the Bears would be the favorites. And I've heard that Jim Harbaugh has a relationship with Mark Davis. Tell us why, Amy, Jim Harbaugh would choose the Bears over the Raiders. Well, I had the pleasure um, of working with Jim when he was with the Raiders early in his coaching career. And I think the world of Jim Harbaugh uh, both as a coach and otherwise, uh, you know, I have my thoughts on Raider coach. I hear, you know what I'm going to do in, in, in television. We call this a tease tomorrow <laughs> on CBS sports network. I'm going to talk about what I think the Raiders should do at head coach, but as to the bears, a Jim obviously has a, a, a history with the bears, a relationship with the bears. Um, why would he choose the Bears over the Raiders? A, we don't know if either of those teams will offer him a job. B, we don't even know if he wants to leave Michigan or if this is his agent dribbling these ideas in order to spur Michigan to action. But I think Jim would be a tremendous head coach wherever he goes. We're talking with Amy Trask. She's the author of You Negotiate Like a Girl, Reflections on a Career in the National Football League. And she's former CEO of the Raiders from 97 to 2013, worked for the organization longer than that, survived Al Davis, and and learned from him. And one of the things that you were involved with was trading a coach. It was John Gruden, and there was talk around here. One of the ways Ryan Pace might have tried to save his job was by promising Ted and George that he could trade for Sean Payton, even though he's spent a lot of draft capital on quarterbacks that haven't been franchise quarterbacks yet. What would go into, and is it out of out of favor, the idea of trading for a coach? Well, when you say I was involved in the coach trade between the Raiders and the Buccaneers, if by involved you mean I told Al not to do it, then yes, I was involved. And if by involved you mean that Al called me up to tell me it had done it, and I start, I hear him say, blah, 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 trade, and I say, look, I've told you my views, I don't think we should do this, and he said, I don't think you heard me. I just told you I did it. 
So, yeah, if you mean, <laughs> if you mean, <laughs> yeah. there you go, disagreeing agreeably. Um, yeah. You know, it is hard. It is a hard thing to do. There's a lot of capital involved. It could, you know, the league has changed the rules somewhat to dictate what sort of capital can be offered for a head coach trade. I think the world of Sean Payton, I think he's tremendous. As to the quarterback situations, one doesn't know how much of a role anyone in that organization had who had, you know, sort of dictated those decisions. But I think the world of Sean Payton, that said, it is very, very hard to effectuate that kind of trade. Amy, I appreciate it. I want to thank you for joining us. It's been a delight. And and we have we are also we run the Wake and Bake Club here and we often hear from Nate Dog. <laughs> Nate Dog tells us to smoke weed every day. I wanted you to relate for our Wake and Bake Club members the time you were on a plane with Al Davis and someone who claimed to be Snoop Dogg's dad. Can you relate that story? You did that during the Manning sure. cast. I, I sure will. Um, I would, by the way, wake and bake is the little funny anecdote on that. I walked into a market in our local Venice area to ask for some of that bread that you take home and you put in the oven and it becomes like hot bread and it's called take and bake. Mm-hmm. But I actually, I accidentally said wake and bake. And this surfer from across the, the store says, will you marry me? <laughs> um, or I think he just said, I said, where's the wake and bake? And he just said, marry me. And then I realized my mistake. Or then um, she said, she yes, said I, but seriously, I could hook you up. So I was, and, and just for all you listeners, I really was asking for take and bake bread, not for wake and bake. I just misspoke. Uh, I was on an airplane with Al and he was sitting right in front of me in the row in front of me. And um, a gentleman walks on and extends his hand to Al and introduces himself and says, I'm Snoop's dad. And so Al extends his hand and very, very graciously says, nice to meet you, Mr. Dog. And I'm just kicking the back of his seat and just sort of hissing under my breath. It's not Mr. Dog. It's not Mr. Dog. So that was that story. Thank you. Perfect. Wake and Bay Club and Saturday Suckage. Thanks, you. Amy, you're a joy. I'm so glad you agreed to join us, and it was a wonderful segment. Thank you for taking the time. Thanks for having me. And kids, it really wasn't Wake and Bake. It can be. It's okay, Amy. This We're- is a different world we live in. It's 2022. Go for it's it. Fair enough. Fair enough. self-medication. Amy Trask, thank you very much. Appreciate that. Thank you. Amy Trask joined us on the Scores Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And her book is You Negotiate Like a Girl, Reflections on a Career in the National Football League. I thought she was great, and we hope it lent some insight. Boy, she used collaborate, and boy, did our text lines light up. We have, she, she, oh, I know. I was like cringing yeah, when, she it said, was, when she went yeah, through was, that. Like there, <laughs> the other it, ones were good with confidence and, oh. and uh, <laughs> you know, I, she's right. You need healthy yeah. debate, but that, that one word, because it became such a punchline for the bears. All right, we'll take a break. We come back stuff. And then top of the hour, Chuck Swirsky talking bears, new update on Zach Levine and what it means and what the rotation is going to be. All kinds of questions. Chicago sports radio, six seventy. the score. Nice, right after Amy Trask. She's out there in L.A. and Malibu. L.A. woman. Doors. Welcome in, welcome back. The score, we're your home for NFL Wild Card Weekend. 3 o'clock, our coverage starts today. The first game is the Raiders and the Bengals. You want, to, you want to cash in during the pro football playoffs? Do you? Do you really? Who really wants to cash in? 
I want fat stacks, just like Jesse Pinkston. There you go. Pinkerton. What's his name in Breaking Bad? Jesse, what's his last name? Jesse. It's Cook, Jesse. Jesse! Jesse! Well, if you want to cash in during the pro football playoffs, try out giving props. It's a free-to-play contest on betql.com. Every round of the playoffs will post 10 props. Simply create an account, make your picks. You got a chance to win two grand in weekly winnings. Plus, just by signing up, you're entered into a random grand prize drawing for $10,000. Get started today at betql.com slash props. That's betql.com slash props. Here's a couple wild card round props from this weekend. Tom Brady over and under 294 and a half passing yards. Travis Kelsey over and under 87 and a half receiving yards. So we're going to... We're going to talk to Chuck Sorsky, voice of the Bulls. You will hear him. You will hear him tonight on these very airwaves. 7.15 is his pregame show. Bulls, Celtics, 7.30 tip-off tonight. So what's the update, Mark, on Zach Levine and that, that knee in question, that left knee? The MRI has been completed. Zach Levine under, this is right from the Bulls, Zach Levine underwent an MRI this morning, which revealed no significant structural damage in his left knee. Levine has begun targeted therapy and will be reassessed early next week when a more definitive timetable will be determined. He is not expected to miss significant time. There we go. There we go. There's your there's your update. So we will what that means in the short term, we will talk to Chuck Swirsky, play by play voice of the Bulls. You hear him right here on these very airwaves, right here on six seventy the score. So we will talk to him about that. Bulls Celtics coming up later this evening. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy the score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.